Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. Let's look over there and we'll read it. Uh, I'll put it on the screen for you, New American Standard Version, but um, we'll read this together. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then, this is his disciples, these are the people that are with Jesus the most, okay? Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus did what? He called a child to himself and he set him before him or before them. And he said, Truly I say unto you, Unless you are converted and you become like children. Now, if you're married and you're a spouse, your wife here, listen, and your husband, and you say, well, that's just great because he already acts like a child. Look, this is not what you think. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. We're, we're going to help him grow up a little bit. He says, unless you become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, for those of you who don't understand, if you're not feel like you are secure in your salvation, if you have bought into this wishy-washy thinking that, well, maybe you're in, maybe you're out, you don't know, this could throw you. If you don't convert yourself and become like a child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when people read, they think, well, does that mean I'm not saved? This is the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all of these other things will be added unto you. If you're stressed, seek the kingdom. And then what's going to be added to you? Peace. If you're lonely, God sets the lonely in family. Seek first the kingdom and the fellowship of the believers, and he will bring you relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? This has nothing to do with salvation. He's not referring to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And many times it is the, the governmenting structural, if you will. It is how the governing kingdom works. God's kingdom is different than the world's kingdom. You see some principles. You see seed time and harvest. It works in the world and it works in God's kingdom. But not everything in God's timetable aligns with the world's. God sets things in motion. The world sometimes benefits from it. But seek ye first the what? kingdom and then all of these other things because jesus said things are what entrap us the cares of this world the 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 deceitfulness of riches those things they will pull you into a trap so seek first the kingdom and all this other stuff will be added unto you are we you with me right it's not referring to salvation and by the way on salvation you should be secure in your faith that the blood of jesus was enough And that he did it once and for all time. And if you said yes to him and you've confessed Christ as your Lord and you said, Jesus, I surrender my life. You're the Lord of my life. Forgive my sin. Whatever, how you prayed that prayer, you are a saved believer. And you gotta be confirmed. You gotta know that. So when you talk to people, you don't go, well, maybe I'm in, maybe I'm out. People that tell you that stuff, don't listen to them. You know, as a pastor, I'm just kind of off track here, but as a pastor, let me just say something to you right now. As a pastor, I am responsible. There's a greater weight on me than it is on you. If there, as an elder in our church, as an elder, there's a greater weight on us than on you as a congregation. Now, you're responsible for your faith. Don't get me wrong. But the scriptures say, be careful that you don't just decide to become a teacher of the word. For there's a greater responsibility on us who teach the word than those who hear the word. We are held a much higher accountability for what I teach. So when I tell you this, I'm not saying it because I want somebody to like me. I'm telling you because it's the truth of God's word. And I know some people don't like that sometimes. Well, I just wish it wasn't so strong. Well, I wish you'd be, well, go somewhere as milk toast Christianity then. I get tired of this weak, well, we don't want to offend people. Jesus offended people all the time. 
Get over it. That's why we're in such a problem now. We got no power because we don't want to have faith because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. I thank God for people like Josh who's willing to bring along somebody and say, here's what the Bible says about gender. This is what the Bible says. Not being mean about it, not being arrogant about it, but just being clear. Well, I don't want to, you know, what if it offends somebody? Well, if it offends them, then I'm sorry. But better that the rock of Christ be a stumbling block from them, at least it offended them so they know it's a truth, than to just make it like the sand of the sea where it's sinking. Man, at least be honest with people. Don't be, you know, back and forth wishy-washy about it all. All right, side note. That was not my notes. Anyway, I'm back on track, okay? Whoever receives one such a child in my name, Jesus said, receive me. We talked about that some last week. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned into the depths of the sea. That's Jesus talking right there, not Jody. That's a pretty strong statement, I think, for Christ to say. And he had many other strong statements to say as well. But the idea of humility, sometimes we think it's this. Have you ever been uh, embarrassed by someone? Have, like, it's one thing to be embarrassed like in front of a few people. But have you ever been embarrassed like in front of like a group? And what do we usually say by that? Have you ever been humiliated? I was humiliated. And what that simply means is, this is the word what you humble, to be humble means is to be brought low to submit or to get under something. When someone humiliates you, what does that mean? They bring you low. But when you humble yourselves, you're bringing yourself low. Not in a sense of weakness or, or intimidation. You're bringing yourself under God's authority. Under His Word. Y'all with me? When someone else does it to you, when they humiliate you, that's not what God's talking about. But in the same principle, what is, how does it make you feel? You now, if you let them... If you don't stand up for yourself, now, little Christians, listen to me. I don't care what they tell you. You don't don't have to let somebody run over you. There's nothing about the love of Christ that says, well, you got to love them. Let them just run right over you all the time. Let them cuss you out and just take it like a good little Christian. Man, whatever. Unless you cuss me out, I hang up on you, man. I've had people call me. You'd be surprised people that call and say what they say. The the bravery and conversation people have on the phone and on social media, by the way. But they start, when they get on that, start blankety-blank, click. I can't believe you hung up on me. Well, I ain't going to listen to that. What about that turn-the-cheek stuff? That ain't turning the cheek. That's goodbye. I don't have to listen to that. And as a believer, I don't have to sit and listen to someone criticize me so much so, watch this, that they humiliate me, and now I'm under... Watch this. If I can get a little low, I'm under them. And the longer I allow this, watch this, the more authority they have over me. And the more authority they have over me, watch this, the less strength I have to say anything. Now, you may have a picture of somebody in your mind right now. And I'm not saying you you don't respond like they do. That's not how we do with the gospel. At the same time, the Lord never called me to be humiliated by someone. The scripture actually tells us, watch this, you can look at it one of two ways. Um, you can look at it as in sinful world, culture, but watch this. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. You can't follow God under someone else's authority when they are over. Jesus said, we don't lord it over people. We lead people. 
I might be strong with you, but I'm never going to lord it over you. If I tell you to lift your hands, come on, let's praise God. That's not lording over. That's leading you into worship. There's a big difference between that and some weirdo lording over thing. But don't ever where you're humiliated, you can't stand up for yourself. No, as a Christian, I don't have to listen to someone berate me. I, if you want to do that, that's fine. We'll have a conversation later. Let you cool down. But if you can't cool down, I, I'm not going to talk to that. I'm not going to listen to that. But in the same way, watch this. Isn't it true that when the Bible tells me, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time. Jesus said, humble yourselves like a child. Doesn't mean be childlike. It means, are we willing to accept the word of the Lord over our lives more than what the culture is saying around us? It's a hard day to live, man, for a young person. When it comes culturally, because there's all this social media stuff. We didn't have this stuff growing up as a kid. The worst someone could do, we had fights in the boys' locker room. Y'all fellas remember that? I don't know if y'all had that. But so while coach was out there, it was PE every time. Was, man, I watched this one guy. He came in, and this one guy, he said something to another guy. He let it go. He goes home and tells his mom about I'm not making this story up. This is, now, I'll tell you, I ain't going to tell you what's going Anyway. A local school. So in the boys' locker room, you just when nobody you lock the door. I don't know if you can do that now. And little fights get out and it's over. Most time it's not fights, most of the time it's just pushing, shoving. You know, by the time it's over, it's nah, that wasn't a fight. But this time, this cat comes back. He looks at the guy, they lock the door, everybody's in there changing and doing all their stuff. I'm like, what's going on, man? This cat looks at this guy and says, Man, we got a fight. He said, Why? Because I told my mama what you said, and my mama said I better not take anything off of you. I'm hearing the convert. I'm not making this. So this has really happened. He's standing there. And I mean, this cat is lightning fast. He stands up. That guy stands up. Well, all right. Before he could stand up, I, it looked like Muhammad Ali. Pow! I was like, down he went. I was like, ooh. All of a sudden, everybody in that locker room knew, leave him alone. Because he don't just talk. He backs it up. Now you may think this is a, how does this have anything to do with the Bible? This kid went home. His mama said, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Watch this. His mama said to him, you better not let him do that. He goes back and says, my mama said, therefore, bam. <laughs> Silly illustration. Take aside the violence away. Wouldn't it be something if my heavenly father told me to kick up and go to Pennsylvania? So because he told me to, I did it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That he might have, who knew 200 kids were going to get saved in Pennsylvania because of a family decided to obey God. God knew. All he needed was obedience and a heart of obedience. To be humble, to, to, to submit, to come under his authority, which has everything to say about life and godliness. So to be humble, it means to obey God, to, even when it's not popular. You know, my girls, they see stuff, and I, I mean, I've had to have more conversations about sexuality and things like that. I thought, are you kidding me? Because now, I mean, it's ridiculous. The other day, on a commercial, 
it was a drug company. And a drug company, they're advertising what they do, you know, and the side effects are, you know, you might lose your head, lose an arm, lose whatever. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're going to have better skin or something. I don't know, whatever. It's, you know, there's all these advantages, but the side effect is, you know, whatever. It's, I mean, and, and lo and behold, and, and on, I guess our culture now, they feel like they have to put something in every commercial now. And here's two boys, and they kiss right on the commercial. It's supposed to be a family programming show, and here comes this commercial. And so my youngest one sees it, and they're trying to get it. Like, what? 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 What a commercial! I mean, you know. And so when we were growing up, that wasn't a problem because TBS and all this stuff was public stations. We had what was called FCC. Regardless of whether you like your government or not, there are some things the government does that are very good. The FCC had control and authority, and they said, when you watch the Christmas you know, movies like... Christmas vacation as a kid. Hilarious. Thought Cousin Eddie was <laughs> hilarious. Chevy Chase, that was a great movie. I thought, man, this is so funny. Get ready to show my kids when it's streaming. Not even 30 seconds in, I'm like, what? What is that? What did he say that for? Because when we grew up, they didn't say it. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Now, because you subscribe to all this stuff, there is no FCC. You, it's like pay-per-view. You willingly subscribed Watch this. You come under their authority, which says we can do whatever we want to. Now you have what they have been given. I'm saying you all this because God may say something different, but we have to go, which, who are we going to be under? Under his authority or the culture of the world? Which one do we want to pick? And sometimes it's hard to hear, but the truth is still there. So look at Matthew 21, verse 23. All right. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts on this and then, and then, you know, close out with this. The obedience of humility. You may think, how does that apply? How can I obey God? And what does it mean to humble myself? Because I thought that was weakness. It's not weakness. There's a difference between being meek and humble and weak. Weak is the inability to stand against anything. But to be meek means I am willing to submit to the word of God. So Jesus says to the Pharisees, these are the religious people today, Matthew 21 23, says, when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him while he was teaching. Can I just tell you, this would be the equivalent, okay, of the, I want to say the Catholic Church, but if you, the only one I can think of that you could probably get the biggest picture in your mind, the Pope and his leading circle. Imagine that type of authority. I'm not referring to the Catholic Church saying that was them. I'm saying these guys were in charge of everything. They all come to Jesus. While he was teaching, by the way, and so they interrupted him. And they said, by what authority are you doing these things? Watch this. Who gave you this authority? They never questioned his work. They never questioned, well, I mean, obviously the guy had leprosy, now he doesn't. He couldn't walk, now he can. He couldn't see, now he can. You can't defy the miracle. What they want to know is, who gave you permission to do this? So Jesus said, I will also ask you one thing. So for everybody that thinks Jesus is so kind and sweet all the time, he is. <laughs> He's direct. I'll ask you this. Which, if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John was from what source? From heaven or from men? And they began reasoning among themselves saying, oh man, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, man, we fear the people for they all regard John as a prophet. And answering Jesus, they said, we don't know. (laughs) 
That sounds like a lot of politicians today, don't it? Well, you know, what's your stance on this? Well, you know, I mean, like, you know, you know, back in the fifth grade, I was wondering, and I like cheeseburgers, and it's like, yeah, you know, and you don't know what, what would you, what? Can you just answer the question? Just a simple question. Are you for it or not? Well, you know, I mean, back in the, it's just, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so he said they feared the people, so they said, we don't know. He also said to them, neither will I tell you about what authority do I do these things. But they wanted to know where you get your power from. Who gave you this authority? Can I ask you a question as a Christian today? By what authority are you walking in right now? Is it the culture or is it the Lord's authority? Which one do you feel like you're more submitted to right now? Which one do you feel like really has maybe a little more oversight in our lives? Is it the kingdom of God or this culture? And I'm telling you something. In America, especially in the southeast, they've already, this has already went through the northeast. This happened a while back. Post-Christian stuff went through a long time ago there. You've just never seen it before. And all that COVID thing did was expose everything that was already there. But we have never in the south, this is what's called regarded as a Bible belt. And for so long, it's just been culturally cool to be a Christian. It's just what you did. But I'm telling you, the time's coming. It's already started, and it's going to come through. And you're going to be faced with a decision. Some of your friends that you thought were believers are going to fool you. And you're going to think, man, I thought they were Christians. Why did they say that? Because they're not under God's authority. It's not for them, it's more what's popular, what's important, what's cool, and it, is it trending? There ain't nothing about following God that's trending. It either is or it's not. So when Jesus referred to this authority, <clears throat> they couldn't possibly understand that God backed up Jesus with his word. And they didn't want to acknowledge the authority of God either, but a group of kids did. This is why Jesus kept giving this illustration. So let me read this here, Matthew twenty-one fifteen. Again, here comes the chief priests and scribes. They see the wonderful things that he had done. And the children, watch this, the kids. Because kids aren't like adults. Like, you you know, you guys kind of hang in for a while. You have to give kids parameters in class. If you're going to teach anything in the Bible, you've got to give some parameters. Otherwise, it will be chaos. If you've ever taught kids, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't give parameters, you have got to give authority before you begin, here are the rules. I only got four. I'm not trying to teach you the whole Bible. Parents come to me when I was a kid's pastor. They said, well, I want my kid to learn all. I'm like, listen, I ain't got time for all that. I'm trying to get one truth to your kid on a Sunday. And I get 52 of them if you come every week. And I know you're not. So let's just round that out to something else. More like maybe 30 on average if I get you on average. And let's cut that in half if you're just casual. So 15 times out of the year, i got to give your kid one something in 30 minutes. That's all I've got. I don't have time to break down the whole philosophical, theological breakdown of the old covenant. You know, I gotta, I'm trying to skim a basic teaching, right? But you give them authority. And then Jesus said in this scripture, it says, These children were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. And watch this. The adults got mad. They got to- they were- the word is indignant. <laughs> it means they lost their stuff. You know what I'm saying? They, they were... And they said to Jesus, 
Do you hear what these children are saying? I mean, you know, the thought of it. Hosanna to the son of David. And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you ever read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise for yourself. Jesus said, if we are to keep silent, he told them the very rocks would cry out and praise into his name. Very interesting thing about this with kids and how this works with authority. Uh, if you are walking with kids, if you're teaching them something, you're playing a game with a kid, all you have to do uh, for a kid is give them some parameters and they're going to try their best to play. They're just going to work with you and go with it. Children, for the most part, just line up and roll with the game that you're going to do, whatever you want to do. Adults, give me some more rules. Now, what's because what an adult's trying to do is like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna win. So if I'm gonna win, what's what's the what's the boundary line? Where can I? You know, adults need like all this extra stuff. Kids, they'll start right off the bat. Well, children, though, for the most part, they have a willingness to obey. They learn rebellion. I understand sin is present, but they learn rebellion for the most part by culture, by other people, or by being left to themselves. That's why the scripture gives us very clear instructions as adults. Train up a child in the way that they should go. The training is very important because a kid is so pliable. Why do you think culture wants kids so bad today? Because... They know the impressionable age. It used to be we're trying to get these guys, you know, like, the, the, you know, adults, young adults age, whatever, we're trying to advertise to them. and get to, Not anymore. Now they start young because they know kids are impressionable. Your child, by attending church, if you just attend church consistently, your child will learn by the culture of a relational environment and a, uh, a relational environment with the Christ as Lord in a church they will learn more about God and how to live their lives if you just attend than by trying to leave it to themselves to figure out. It is amazing what a child will learn. Put a kid who's never played a sport before in his life, put him with a coach and a group of people. They've never played a sport in their life. Give that coach a little bit of time. A kid, they will pick it up. And some of them have more talent than others. And before long, you'll see, my gosh, they're a baller. I mean, they can play. Put them in... They, Put a bunch of us with a coach. If I got Ronnie up here, I got my father. He said, all right, I'm going to take you and I'm going to take this group. And we're going to compete. It, goodness me. It would be because some of y'all going to be like, man, back in the day, man, I could catch that football. What's up? You, and he would, you'd drive him crazy because most of us wouldn't listen. We just wouldn't. When you're younger, you can instruct someone playing golf. They line up, they listen, they do the adjustments, whatever. When you get older and after you've already kind of gotten the, the swing, I mean, you ain't Tiger. Let's just be honest. You're not going to change your swing mid-going. You just are what you are. Shank it to the right, hook it to the left, whatever you got, that's who you are. Most of us are not going to spend the time to redirect all that. Because as adults, we pick up habits, we pick up you know, insecurities and things, and we, we keep them instead of giving them to the Lord. Children, though, will respond to God. So much easier. So Jesus said, I want you to become like a child. Would you respond in obedience to my word? Or will you allow the culture to keep defining different things? So Jesus said this. Let me read this to you. Um, out of John 8, and then we'll wrap up, okay? John 8, 31. Watch, watch the culture. Listen to what he says about his word, okay? In John 8, 31, Jesus says to the Jews who 
had believed in him. I don't know if, let's see if that's up there. Yeah. Look at, look at that verse of scripture right there. He said to the Jews that believed in him. So these are people that actually believed in what he was saying or believed in him. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Now, can we pause for a minute for effect? If you continue, I, I want to read this to you from this New American Standard Bible. The New LT reads a little bit different, so I want to read it to you from this. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Is it possible that you can be saved and not be a disciple of Jesus? Yeah. Is it possible that I could come out so strong serving Christ and then deviate from his word and allow culture to redirect my life and I'm no longer a disciple of Christ like I once was? Man, I remember some, we were, man, my mom-in-law, she took us to this trip. I can't remember uh, what the, 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 oh, it was called Choir of the Fire. I just remember what happened. The thing was, hey, we're going to acquire some fire, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, Take the young people, we're going to go acquire some fire. This guy's preaching. He's laying it down, man. You know what I'm saying? He's laying the tracks down. They're just pounding it out. They, and all of a sudden, he stops. He says, now, I mean, just intense guy, you know. Now, here's what we're going to do. I mean, he's sweating. You get the image, right? He's just ain't giving it all he's got. We're going to stand up. We're going to declare that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. I mean, everybody, the whole group's like, yeah. Arena. I mean, it was charged. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever go to acquire the fire? Okay. No, wow, really? You guys go, is it not true? Ron Lewis, right? Wow. I mean, it's like kids are throwing chairs. It's like, ah, we're going to fire for Jesus. They didn't throw chairs, but it was intense. You can imagine, man. I mean, kids everywhere. Jesus in the room, the presence of God, people crying everywhere. They're praising God everywhere. And he stops and says, now, we're going to declare Jesus as Lord. Turn off all the lights. Why do that? All of a sudden, this is no joke. He says, this auditorium right now, we're so quiet. Here's what we're going to do. He starts getting quieter. One by one, when you're ready, I want you to say, I'm yours, Lord, and completely yours. I mean, he had that evangelistic voice, you know what I'm saying? Yours, Lord, completely yours. I mean, he's got us like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what? All the lights are off. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. And one by one. And the first one that you're like, oh, that's kind of weird, that's close. They're like three rows over. What happened? All you hear is, I'm yours, Lord. God, plainly yours. Silent. I mean, this is an arena like uh, an amphitheater. This is a big arena, like a couple thousand seats probably or more. And one by one, you hear this. I mean, it was intense, y'all. I mean, I remember when I did it, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It was like jumping off a big cliff, you know, kind of thing. Like, I'm and you back up and you stop for a minute. And somebody right there, one of your friends, doing like, oh, man, he beat me. You know? I felt like I was the one that was supposed to lead this. You know? He went first. Oh, man, now if I do that, it's not like I'm copying him. So you wait. Now it bounces around a little bit. You're you're ready to go again. I'm yours, Lord, and completely yours. And you're like, I did it. I did it. Oh, man, what if he sends me to China? 
Like you start thinking serious stuff like, whoa, man, I heard about people that eat bugs in some countries. Like it hits you pretty hard. But we were all doing it. Why? This guy wasn't lording over us. Man, he was just saying, if you're a disciple, come on, I want you to step up right now in a way that shows you mean business. Man, he did that, turns the lights back up. He was crying everywhere. People sincere about following God. Hey, sometimes, man, you just got to remember what you're doing this for. I'm not doing it for accolades or people or anything else. I'm doing it for Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus says to them, if you follow my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. In verse 32, he says, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But not cultural Christianity in Rome, Georgia is not going to set you free. It'll keep you in bondage. But if you follow the word, if you follow the scriptures and you hear God's word, even though it's different from the people around you, I'm telling you right now, he says, you're my word. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, <laughs> watch this. They're really humble, aren't they? Well, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved by anyone. They were enslaved by the Romans right then, just to be honest. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus said to them, truly I say unto you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave doesn't remain in the house forever, The son does, but the son does remain forever. <laughs> so if the son makes you free, you're going to be free indeed. Love that. I know that you're Abraham's descendants. <laughs> I love Jesus. He's like, I know who you are. I know you're Abraham's descendants. Yet you seek to kill me. Because my word, why? Because my word has no place in you. Mercy. Can you imagine hearing that conversation with him? I speak the things which I have seen with the Father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your Father. Now, watch very carefully. Remember, we're talking about obedience. Watch the parallel Jesus is about to break down for you. He says, <clears throat> or they say in verse 39, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You, watch this, are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, guys, this is, this is a pretty strong statement for them to say to him. We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Does everybody understand the statement they just said to him? I mean, they basically just, not only did they try to humiliate him, they humiliated his mom. I'll tell you, man, there, there's so many things I can say about different things about this, but I don't have the time. But, you know, growing up with a single mom, and she was blessed to be, to be able to remarry. But I'm telling you, growing up as a single mom and as a kid, when you're in that situation, it's already tough enough. It's just tough. Emotionally, and some of you guys have been through that. You may be going through it now. Emotion, it, just, it just really messes with you. It messes with mom, messes with the kids, messes with everybody. But to have someone try to humiliate you in your situation, make fun of you because you, you know, you don't have a dad, you don't have a mom, or because you're, you know, maybe you have a stepdad, stepmom. When someone, to take that situation you're in and humiliate you, to try to bring you under their control. I mean, it's about the worst, I mean, it's one of the worst things I think people could do. And it's hurtful. Many times it's when you're, you know, kids can do it. It's pretty brutal. 
they have criticized him in the most irreverent way, to my opinion. And then they criticize his mother in the same token. And his father because he has a stepfather. They said, we're not born of fornication, but you are. I mean, it's awful. But Jesus, watch this. This is what I mean by being able to stand strong. He didn't fight back with them with his words and say, let me just tell you what my mom, you know, he didn't do like my buddy in school. You know what I'm saying? He said, he kept us calm. And watch what he said. If God were your father, you would love me for I proceeded forth and have come from God for I've not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Jesus started first obedience in heaven coming to the earth. Why do you not understand what I am saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? And then watch what he says, verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them. Watch what he says to them. Because you are not of God. Jesus was saying, I know how to hear from my Father. I'm under his authority. And I only do what I hear or what I see the Father do. That's what I'm going to do. He says to this group, you are of your, your Father, the devil. And you do exactly what he says and exactly what you see him do. And you are the product of that. And my reason for saying this today is authority, whatever you get up under, whatever is over you, I'm telling you right now, you're going to produce whatever's over you. If you allow the culture to be over you, I'm telling you, I'm going to pray for you. I'll anoint you with oil. I'll pull the whole, the whole bottle on top of your head, let it run down your, it is not going to matter because if you are under the culture of the authority of this culture, you're dictated by what they say. You, you, you'll be in fear and worry and anxiety about what they say. But if you come up under the authority of God, it doesn't make you a religious bigot. It doesn't make you a crazy person. It just says, I have authority that is from there. And I'm under this. And I'm willing to tell you I'm under it because he is the one I'm serving and not you. But whichever one we're under, I'm telling you, that's what we're going to produce. Jesus just said it very clear right there. Now today as we close out... Jesus gave us this example in Philippians, Philippians 2, 8, I'll put it on the screen for you. Because sometimes we say this and we forget, don't we? Like, I mean, let's just be honest as a Christian. It's sometimes easy. I, I, I mean, I, as a person of faith, um, without persecution, sometimes you forget some of the statements and what they meant to people. But as we wrap up, Philippians 2, 8, look at this. Be found in appearance as a man. Jesus came to the earth as a man. He's the son of God, but watch this. He's also the son of man. Very important. He what? Can you imagine? He didn't have to. He had free will. And he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Can I challenge all of us this morning? Where are we at right now in our steps?
of obedience to the Lord. What is the Holy Spirit speaking and saying to you? What has He been putting in your heart? And obedience. You know, the whole thing where Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. It's really not a, hey, if you want to. He was saying, if you're going to follow me, that's cool. And Jody, you can stand up in the middle of an auditorium where it's dark and nobody can see you. And you can say, I'm yours, Lord, and completely yours. Son, that will not sustain you. I learned this the hard way. Hype will never sustain you. It'll make you feel good, give you goosebumps. Woo! I mean, like, I, mean I went to charismatic Bible college, baby. I mean, they did it all. It was like, woo! I mean, everything, you know? And hype's great, but it won't sustain you. A miracle will not sustain you. It won't. I've seen miracles. We've had miracles in our family, but you can't build your life on a miracle. Provision is great, but you can't build your life on provision. Jesus said, if you want to have a house that's built that can withstand a storm, it's got to be anchored into what? The rock. The rock. My father-in-law, they just built a house, and they had to drill this massive 22-inch auger, if you don't know that's a big drill bit, into the earth for all the piers their house multiple piers i mean it's insane how big and to get deep enough and pour the foundation to get the bedrock get the concrete in there they were drilling all of them around and they get to one they hit solid rock they tried and tried tried. couldn't penetrate the rock had to get you know permission from the inspector can we can we do I got to drill this thing out or can we just pour concrete? It's on the solid rock. And they said, oh, that's on rock. It's good. They know as an inspector that safety and security is on the foundation first, not everything else. The bells and whistles look good. They're about to finish it out. It's going to be beautiful. Beautiful. If you're nice to them, they might invite you over. I don't know. But that house wouldn't be what it is without first the foundation. The winds come, the rains may come, the floods may happen. But Jesus said, if you build your life on my word, get up under me, you'll be able to withstand the storms. So this morning, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. And I want to challenge you this morning with where you're at and your level of obedience. And when I say that, I'm not trying to manipulate when I say that. I'm only just trying to say, where are you at right now? Is the Holy Spirit telling you to do something? that you've been hesitant on? Is there something in your heart right now that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you say, man, hey, Pastor Jody, like Josh was saying, my goodness, this is a step of faith. I, I don't even know where to start with this. Well, maybe start with a step. Maybe just starting with a step is just agreeing with God. God, you say you want me to what? I mean, you want me to be generous? How can I be generous? I, I don't. How's that going to work? I, maybe it's not you actually doing it right this moment. Maybe it's first just agreeing with him and saying, yes, Lord. I'm yours, and I'm completely yours, and I will obey you. God, show me how to take that step. 
I agree with you, God, in your word. What do I do next? For some of you in this room right now, maybe it's offenses. They've hurt you. And listen, I, I get it. As a pastor, you might think that we're just immune to this stuff, but we're not. I found out that Christians can be some of the most loving people in the world, but it, you can also experience some of the most hurt you ever had in your life because it's spiritual. It's not like a regular relationship. It's a spiritual relationship. And if someone's hurt you, especially if you're a believer, maybe God has said to you, yeah, they did you wrong, but would you take a step of obedience and release them right now in Jesus' name? Maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. There's something you need to be praying about, but you're reluctant because you know if you pray about it, what if it comes to pass? God, I don't want to pray that. What if, my goodness gracious, I don't want to pray for that. I'm praying for my kid to be this. I'm praying for this. But God may be prompting you to say, pray for your child in this area. I don't want to pray for that, God. What if, what if they go to China or something? Man, like, I don't, that's crazy. I don't want to, no, I want to be this. I'm not, what is God leading you right now? Just, just agree with him. Just agree with him. As I pray for you right now, Holy Spirit, would you speak to the hearts in this room right now? God, I don't know what it is, but Holy Spirit, I just pray right now. Man, I just believe some of you in this room right now, Holy Spirit speaking stuff to your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking clearly, making a mark on our hearts this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but man, I just feel in my heart right now. There's some of you, you just sense the Holy Spirit just tugging on your heart. And you know this message that you came here today. And whatever I said, it's not me, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through this. And you need to take a step of obedience. Whatever that next step is, get counsel with it, get guidance with it. But you know that step is necessary to move forward with the Lord. So God, I just pray right now for every person in this room. As we come before you, Lord, we're going to surrender our lives to you again today. But God, I just pray right now for them. Steps of obedience in Jesus' name. We're all going to pray this together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you've never been saved, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. But I just want everybody in the room to pray this. We're going to pray a prayer of surrender as well. Maybe you don't know Christ. You pray this prayer with me right now. You believe in your heart, Jesus said. The word says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's as simple as that. It's not a complicated thing. But I want you to repeat after me the whole church right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life and I surrender to you. I come up under your authority today. I surrender to your word. I surrender to your will and your plan. And Father, I make you, I commit to you my life and I make Jesus the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, God, show me my next step. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading me and guiding me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Would you give me a hand right now? Amen. Man, as Gary comes up to, to close out today, I just really feel in my heart that some of you the Holy Spirit really speaking to your heart. And I just want to say, sometimes God, I'm doing a thing right now, we're about to begin again with our family, called Experiencing God, and I'm just reading through it again, little things like that. Sometimes God gives confirmation. You don't always get the step, 
but sometimes you get, just get the confirmation that you're on the right track. And I just feel like some of you need to hear that, that the Holy Spirit wants you to know you're on the right track. Don't just step out and just jump. Steps. You heard Josh, it was a step of faith. They didn't leap. They had steps. Take a step and just be obedient to God, right? Y'all welcome Gary up to the platform, please. Amen. 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 Man, I just love that um, section of Scripture where Jesus just stands his ground and explains uh, what he's about. And, you know, we got to take that confidence that he has, too, whenever we get a situation that the world comes against us, we stand firm in the faith, don't we, that we have in him. Um, just want to remind you of a couple things. Uh, giving, we thank you so much. You know, Josh and Jen are pretty humble about that. But if you were here when they left, um, they went up there, and there was nothing there that they started. Uh, there was nothing that they went up and took over. They went up and developed it and started it. The Lord was in it, and they put in a lot of hard work, too. And they're one of the, the um, outreach ministries that we support here. There's other ones in Haiti, uh, Guatemala, and in the, um, East Asia as well. So whenever you give, uh, you're giving to those folks as well. So I want you to do that. Um, there's different ways to give. I told you last week, if you want to uh, part with your money, we're going to find a way to take it, and uh, you can do it. There's offering boxes in the back of the church as you leave. You can give online, which a lot of people do now. You can text to give or give online. Our prayer partners are going to come up front right now. If you need, um, the Holy Spirit really prompted you today uh, that you just, um, something that, that he's been impressing on you, a step to take. Uh, one of these folks would love to pray with you about that, so uh, they'll be up here after service to uh, be with you as well. So take advantage of those folks uh, when they're up here. Thank you so much for all the volunteers who were here yesterday. Give them a big hand. Boy, the church really looks great for Christmas. Thank you guys for coming out. They put a lot of hard work in. They were still actually decorating this morning a little bit, some of them out in the lobby. So thank you so much for doing that, you guys. As always, we're going to send you out with the blessing out of the numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you, give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.